I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Hi, welcome to Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Thulit Mangla, who is an assurance director in the Assurance Innovation Group at PwC. Thulit, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thulit, we would love to learn more about your career journey. How did you start? And then how did you climb up to where you are today? Sure, thanks, Romy. So I started my career in the audit practice, which really means I performed different tests and analysis to assess the accuracy of financial statements. I did this for a number of years on public companies over a decade. I worked in the utility sector, first in our Detroit office, and then later I moved um, to the DC area. Eventually, when I was a senior manager, I was tapped to work on a project to really enhance the audit process, figure out how we can better leverage technology to help our clients. I did a tour of duty. I didn't quite know what I was getting into, but I said yes to that tour and I ended up in product management. And so that's where I am today. I'm a director in our trust solutions innovation team. And over the last couple of years, I've built a number of tools that are used by our firm, by thousands of people within our trust solutions practice and our clients. I love it. And one of the things we get asked a lot about our, from, from our, our users is, Okay, so you were presented with this big opportunity that was a big change. How did you make the decision to take it? (laughs) Uh, It's funny you mentioned that because one of the lessons I learned early on in my career was being comfortable with the unfamiliar and being open to change. So when I was a manager in the insurance practice, I had two little kids under the age of three. And I was working on a client that I really loved. I've been there for a number of years. I had a great team. I had great bosses. Like the client I worked with was fantastic. I was so comfortable there. And the only challenge that I had in that role was that my commute was like two hours. And so my husband and I, we would drop the kids at daycare at seven in the morning. He would drive and I would be working on my laptop and taking calls in the morning, (laughs) two hours in to the city and the two hours out of the city. And it got to be really exhausting. And that was before, you know, you get home and you do the whole bedtime routine with the kids, right? So I made the tough decision to say, I need a client closer to my house. And that was tough, like leaving what's familiar to you, but it was the start of really great growth in my career. I worked with partners that I had never worked with that really expanded my network. I worked with new clients. I learned a new industry. I worked on really different accounting and auditing situations. And it tested so much of my skills, auditing, accounting, communications, management. Like I had a huge period of professional growth in the two to three years after I left kind of my home (laughs) of the main client that I'd worked on for so many years. I did it for family reasons, but I benefited from it so much professionally. And so that really taught me to not be afraid to advocate for what I need and be comfortable with doing something that you have never done before. And so that's kind of how. When I got tapped to join that team, kind of re-envisioning or reimagining what that audit process may look like, I was like, sure, why not? What's the harm? I'll, I'll try something new. It's amazing how many benefits it can confer just to make a change and how long-lasting those benefits are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you came up through audit, you were working on sites. Can you talk to us about your gender and your identity and how you think that's played a role 
in your interactions? Sure. This question makes me laugh a little bit because my initial reaction is like, absolutely, gender has played a role in my career and, and in my identity. And I think like, look, any identity you have is going to shape your worldview, whether that's race or gender or, you know, growing up in the Midwest or your alma mater or, or what have you. And so for me, I think being a female and a mom to four kids has really shaped my career. Four kids. Four kids. I have four kids. They are nine, seven, six, and five months. Uh, so kind of spanning the gamut. I'm not in the old, you know, middle school teenage years, but man, I do a lot of parenting to little kids. <laughs> like many women, I'm the default parent. I'm the person that they come to my side of the bed in the middle of the night and they want me to drive them to their soccer practice. And I'm number one <laughs> in my house. And so I love that. That's the type of mom that I want to be, but also it makes it harder for me to have to juggle a lot more uh, and balance my home life with my work life. And so an example of that is like in the pandemic, we had a then kindergartner and second grader. And so my husband took the second grader and I took the kindergartner and it's a lot to get a kindergartner through virtual learning. I had one too. I had oh. the same thing right during that quarantine, second in kindergarten. The emotional outburst, man, it was managing so many emotions. Uh, and so I would clear my morning and not take calls in the morning. So I could really focus on helping her get through her stuff. And then the afternoon would hit and I would be just head down trying to get through as much work as I could. And then doing those late nights to catch up and it, it was exhausting. And so that certainly impacted my career. And we saw that play out right in the landscape. We saw millions of women step back from the workplace. PDPC's Women in Work Index was recently published and showed that um, achieving gender parity in the workplace has been set back two years uh, due to the pandemic. And so thankfully, I didn't have to step out of the workplace for that, but it's something like women across the work spectrum experienced. So yeah, certainly gender has played a role in my career, but also good things. So I recently launched a parenting inclusion network which is an employee work group um, at PwC for parents within my broader team. And we've done tons of events to help parents become better parents and better professionals and, and network and learn from each other. So it's certainly an identity that I embrace and has certainly impacted my career. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Tell us about how you've gone about finding mentors or sponsors and you know who's inspired you, who has stood up for you in your career. Yeah, well, I work with a lot of really great women at PwC. I think I worked for male partners for a long time in my career. And it was probably when I was, again, a manager with two young kids that I really had the most um, meaningful interaction with a female partner. It was during that phase when like kids are bringing home germs from daycare every week and you kind of have like a toddler who's perpetually, you know, got a runny nose or something. So <laughs> I met uh, this partner in that stage of life and I was supposed to meet her one morning during busy season in the office to review our work papers. And I had been up all night with a sick child. I'm calling the doctor. I'm trying to get the first appointment to get this kid in and seen. And I remember calling her cell and being like, I, I know it's important, but I can't meet you this morning. And she just got it. Like she understood that kids were my priority at that time and that I would bust my butt to make it up and figure out how we would do this review later on. But it was at that moment that I really felt seen. 
as a working mom and understood. And there's certainly been people in my career where, you know, I tell them that I have kid obligations and they get it, but she really got it. Right. And she would assure me that like, take care of whatever you need to do. I get it. I've been there with my kids. And and to me, that moment, that period of time that I worked with her stuck out is just like really showing me the importance of representation, like to be able to look up and see someone who's been in your circumstances and is kind of on the other side now and has, has been through that battle. Like that was really important. It matters so much. So then with that in mind, how are you thinking about passing the hand back? How do you give support to other women? It sounds like part of it is through this new network you've created. Yeah, absolutely. But also when I look back on my career and women that I've worked with, I feel like the period that women come back, when you first have a kid and you come back to work, I feel like that's such a vulnerable time. Like your kid is not sleeping through the night. They're constantly changing, like their movements, their activities, their hours. Like you're just trying to like savor all of that. And you're trying to adjust to this new way of working that I just think is such a vulnerable time in your career because it's so easy to be like, you know what, this is really hard. And I just want to quit. Like, this is not worth it. I can't do it. I want to quit. And so that period, like, that's what I'm always on the lookout for. And so I will seek out women in my group who are going on maternity leave or coming back from maternity leave, just to like, lend them an ear to talk through some of the tips that make it work for me. I used to have a spreadsheet that I would share with moms going out on maternity leave on how to plan your maternity leave and make the most of it. And here's what I did on my first maternity leave and my second maternity leave and my third one. Like here's examples of what would work for you, right? Versus a short leave. I, I did one 11 month maternity leave. So just trying to like help women through that little period where it can feel really hard that has mattered a lot to me. And I try and tell women like every day gets easier. Your kid gets bigger. Daycare drop-offs get less emotional and tearful. Like you get more experience as a working parent. You're going through something hard, but it's not going to be like this in six months. So just hold on, hold tight and like, we'll get through it. So that's the period that I really try and focus on. And I just love discussing being a working parent. So I started that group and um, I'm kind of always willing to lend an ear. That's great. So you are balancing a lot, to say the very least, big job, four kids. How do you think about any kind of balance? How do you decide when it's time to say, no, I can't be there. I need to call the doctor versus when you suck it up and go. Yeah, I am not afraid to ask for help. One, I try and outsource and automate as much as I can household chores or, you know, cleaning, grocery delivery, that stuff I try and outsource or automate. When it comes to kid activities, I lean a lot on my network. I set up a carpool with a couple families on each of my kids' sports teams. They have sports four days a week. And so I set that schedule in in advance. My husband and I have a really great family calendar where we know who's driving to what sports event. When I have a busy time at work for our product releases, they happen in the overnight hours or on weekends. So that is blocked off. When I have a busy period, like he's on notice that he's the default parent that week. He's got to figure out dinner that week. So a lot of just work goes into kind of scheduling and having clear communication with my spouse, with my broader network of moms in my personal life, just to kind of make it all work. And then the other thing I do 
that has helped me a lot to just reduce the mental load is technology. So I, we have smart speakers in our home and I will schedule reminders um, to kind of broadcast throughout our house. Like you have soccer practice in 15 minutes, you need a water bottle and shoes and socks and a bowl. In the morning, my kids get a reminder like when they need to get their shoes on so that they get out the door to the bus stop on time. So I have worked really hard over the last couple of years to distribute that mental load and talk to the people in my life and ask for help, whether that's at home or in the workplace. You kind of just have to take it as, you know, whatever's coming up that time, you've got to give your priority and focus to that. Sometimes that's work. Sometimes that's home life. I love it. You're asking lots of people for help, including Siri and Alexa. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The other thing I was going to say is, I think what's so interesting is you have addressed so much of the load by being proactive. And I find that even me personally, I find myself struggling with, oh, I'm overwhelmed right now because I need to be in four places. And it's because I didn't anticipate, like, if I could think of how to arrange this earlier, I'd feel better about what's happening right now. So I think that really being proactive and even treating it like a project, how are you going to manage this in such a way that it has the outcomes you want? I love that. I'm not one to meal plan. I started meal planning in the last six months. And really the extent of that is like writing on a board, what we're doing. And, you know, I don't mind writing, getting takeout or order in or whatever on that board. At least I know like, okay, we're only going to do it, you know, one night out of the week or two nights out of the week instead of five, because I didn't plan anything. So yeah, absolutely. Planning is, is so critical. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So before we move on to the fun stuff, I'm going to ask you a last hard question, which is, can you tell us about a lesson you've learned along the way, especially in these last couple of years that have been particularly challenging? What have you learned and, and what are you doing differently as a result? I think the number one thing that I've done in the last few years is focus on my health. So I started going to the gym in 2019 embarrassing that it took me till 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I try and go, you know, three to four times a week. And it's, it's the time for me to like de-stress, focus on myself, get away from my phone, get away from any demands. And like everybody in my house knows that when I am like heading out the door to the gym, I'm not going to pay a $12 cancellation fee for getting there late. So like, get out of my way. There's nothing stopping that. And so like just carving out, and I know that's really hard to do, especially for moms is to like carve out the time for yourself, but that has reaped so many rewards and like helping me sleep better and having more energy and like, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So when I come back, like I'm ready to, you know, tackle time with my kids or the energy it takes to do that or pour myself into work. Love it. All right, we're going to move on to some fun questions now. All right, Thalit, what is your favorite karaoke song? <laughs> uh, my extent of karaoke these days is uh, singing on my way to uh, driving soccer carpool. So with a bunch of seven-year-old girls, that's the Encanto soundtrack. <laughs> you don't talk about Bruno. Right. You mentioned the gym. What's your favorite way to practice self-care? Taking a nap. No, Napping. Uh, yeah, that's so good. Who is a celebrity you'd like to have dinner with? Oprah. I love a good dinner conversation. And she's so good at asking questions that I just think it would be such a lively dinner conversation. Yeah, it definitely would. What's a book you'd recommend to our audience? 
I have four kids and every time I try reading a book, I fall asleep. So uh, I don't have a great book recommendation, but I listen to podcasts all the time. The regular rotations are NPR's Up First, Good Inside with Dr. Becky, uh, So Money, and The Slate Political Gab Fest. Some of these are new to me, so I will check those out. That sounds great. All right, fellas, at Fairy God Boss, we believe that women can be at a disadvantage because many of us are not comfortable talking ourselves up and we only get better if we practice. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to share a recent accomplishment that you're really proud of with us right now. I am really great at juggling a lot of projects and keeping cool under pressure and making sure things get done. So six months before the pandemic hit, I started working on a new product and we ended up releasing that product in April, 2020, like two months into kids being home, uh, three little kids being all over me at that time. And it's been a really successful product. It's been well received by thousands of users to deliver something, you know, on time, in the conditions that we were all going through at that time, right? When we were flat in the curve, I feel like if I can do that, I can do anything. I love it. I love it. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Thalit. And I love your advice about how we can all succeed more when we feel comfortable with the unfamiliar and embrace the unfamiliar. And you seem so unflappable and unflappably positive, right? And I love that. So with that in mind, the last question I'd like to ask you is what is one piece of career advice that you would like to leave our audience with? The advice I would give is be your authentic self and communicate what's important to you, right? No one is going to read your mind and meet your expectations unless you share them. And whether that's someplace you want to be in your career or a personal commitment that's really important to you make it a priority to yourself and to the people around you. And then the rest will fall in place from there. I love it. Thalit, thank you very much for spending time with us today. You are so inspirational. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.